to another episode of Sean and Ed's New Baseball. I'm Sean. And I'm Ed's. We're bringing you some baseball history on this fine day, wherever you are, wherever, whenever this might be. <laughs> whenever this might be, we're a bi-weekly baseball history podcast where the story catcher doesn't know what the story pitcher is going to be dangerously throwing at them. Yep. Who knows? <laughs> Who knows? Not me. Not you. Yeah, not me this week. Yeah, I'm going to be throwing you a fastball, so catch it. A fastball? Yeah, I don't know. You're well, bringing the heat. I'm bringing the you, heat. You've always, you know, I'm alluded the to the fact that I'm bringing the heat, but apparently now you're saying straight up you're bringing the heat, so bring well, th- it. This is about pitching. It's about pitching. It's about pitching. Okay. It's a more of a how not to, not how not to pitch, but how not to live your life. Develop a pitcher. Okay. Yeah. Okay. How not to live your life. <laughs> I mean, sure. We've had a few actually, episodes like that. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, oh God, no. This is uh, Sean's last story was a little bit like that. Yeah, it was about a pitcher too. Uh, this one's also sad, but not nearly as sad. <laughs> but uh, okay. it, luckily, the the man we're talking about today is actually still. Uh, alive and well. Well, actually, one of the men we're talking about today. The one, other one, definitely. The main not. character. The main character. Okay. The, you'll, you'll see. You'll okay. see. Uh, before we start, though, give us a follow, if you can, on, on Twitter at Doing Baseball. Uh, if you're following, or if you're listening to this on Apple Podcasts or Spotify, wherever you're listening to this, it would be awesome if you could please and thank you. Give us a review, give us a rating, give us a follow on those platforms. That would help us greatly. Yeah, if, if you want to engage with us uh, personally on uh Twitter. I'm at Ed's Do Baseball, and, and I'm at John Do Baseball. Yeah, and uh, we'd love to hear from you if you got any story ideas or anything like that. It'd be uh, be really cool to hear from you. Yeah, and hopefully we'll have some some guests coming soon. The summer is always so busy, and you know it's uh, a. I I started looking into this story a while back, and this story is is dedicated, not really, but it is for our good friend JP. Jean oh, okay. Pasolet. Okay. So, uh, you know what, JP? Hi, JP. You you inspired me to do this one. I had it in the chamber, but I but I wasn't ready to to pull the trigger until I saw a tweet of yours uh, where you talked about seeing the Anaheim Angels versus the Texas Rangers. <laughs> Being reminded that the Texas Rangers exist. Yeah. Because we all want to forget about them from our collective oh, memories. Oh, God, yeah. No, I'm cracking a beer now just to, just <laughs> just to help. Just to help to, me through. Just to toast that fact. Alcohol does not help you, children. Cheers. <laughs> Cheers. Yeah. Ed's just drinking water. Because <laughs> yeah. he's smart. Yeah. Um, so, um, Ed's... I don't think there are many things we disagree on when it comes to baseball. Generally, we... Have been to a lot of games together. We share we share the same, you know, attitudes toward the game. Mm-hmm. But I do know there's definitely one thing we can both wholeheartedly agree on, <laughs> okay. and that is our displeasure for a franchise known as the Texas Rangers. Uh-huh. Here, 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 here. Exactly. So uh, along with our friend JP, I mean, I should just mention if there are any Texas Rangers fans listening, it is, I guess, all in good fun. Oh yeah, it's been a lot of. It's oh, been years, so it's water, water under the fridge at this point. But. 
Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. No. Take care of Semyon. You got a good team. Yeah. It's coming. Yeah. Um, but still. Yeah. You know. No. We, we're. We're. Yeah. You'll see. I, I, I get to. I address it kind of at the end as okay. well. Okay. Um, but I say a lot of mean things about the Rangers <laughs> okay. as well. Okay. I'm not it is fun. Lie. It's yeah. fun. Yeah. It's um, fun to have a rival. So with that being said, here's my next sentence. So today I am bringing you the story of the formation of that dreadful baseball club. <laughs> <laughs> and the teenager who saved the Rangers franchise then got completely screwed. Oh, Okay. There we go. Sounds like something the Rangers would do. Exactly. <laughs> so, um, so we need to start this episode by prefacing it with an amazing fact that there was a man that could have been our savior, Etsy. Ours? Ours. Uh, As our, Blue Jay fans? Well, just our displeasure uh, of the Rangers. Um, oh, okay. That I man, think I know what you're going to say. No, you don't. Oh, okay. That man goes by the name of Bob Hope. No, I didn't think you were going to say that at all. (laughs) Like the comedian Bob Hope? Yes. Okay. Um, He almost bought the franchise uh, back in late 1968. When they were still in Washington. There you go. Edzie's on top of it. I hope everybody else is following along. Yes, that's right. So uh, they were the Washington Senators, not just to get more convoluted, they were the second reincarnation of the Washington Senators right. after the first had left for Minnesota. Mm-hmm. So Bob Hope could have saved us. If he had just dug a little deeper, we would not have the Texas Rangers. <laughs> He did. He was known as being stingy. Oh, come on. Or no, wait, that was Jack Benny. Sorry. Okay. Yeah, that was Jack Benny. <laughs> We're just going to audit. It was his the... act. His act was okay. being cheap. Okay. Yeah. Um, yeah. That's not a derogatory comment. Yeah. So the man who outbid Bob Hope for the Washington Senators and is the villain, basically, of this story, and his dead ass goes by the name of Robert Earl Short. Or just Bob Short. Bob Short. But I was having some fun while I was writing this, so you might hear me refer to him as things as Little Bob or Bobby Smallstack. So, <laughs> okay, we're gonna we're gonna riff on that one. Yeah. That's uh, it's it's consistent. You'll see. So Short uh, <laughs> made his money in hotels and trucking. Uh, he outbid Hope's group uh, for the flailing Washington Senators' second incarnation franchise and bought them for $9.4 million in the 1968 offseason. So before the 1969 season. Um, this what, Senators, what a steal. Yeah, it's $9.4 million. So this Senators team stuck. This is like 1968, 1969. That's a lot it's more still money. still a lot of money. Yeah. So this Senators team sucked. And... As I say, I've already mentioned, they the real Senators left for Minnesota back in 61. They were um, good by this point. Yeah, so the high watermark in eight seasons had been 76 wins since the other Senators had left. Mm-hmm. Um, the team had regressed to just 65 wins in 1968, but Short had a plan. He was going to buy the team. He would be GM. <laughs> oh, it's a great plan right away. And Ted Williams was going to be the manager. Hey, that's all you need. Yep. I guess he, he figured that Ted Williams could just teach anybody how to be a good hitter. And yeah. Okay. He's like, I'll have like nine Ted Williams on my team. It'll be great. We'll just, <laughs> yeah. Everyone will hit 400. <laughs> I can see where he's going, yeah. but it's a pipe dream. Yeah. Um, so at first it did kind of work a little bit. 
the team jumped up to fourth place in the AL and recorded their first winning season as this incarnation of the Senators uh, with a 86 and 76 record. Uh, attendance nearly doubled, but the momentum did not continue into the 1970 and 1971 season as the Senators returned to their old ways, winning 70 games in 1970. So, Bob Short's pissed. <laughs> His plan didn't work. Yeah, okay. Uh, and Did he relinquish control? No. Okay. Absolutely goddamn not. Instead, he started demanding things. <laughs> <laughs> I mean... <laughs> Doesn't usually work out, but that's usually the way things go yeah. from our research. So I honestly don't want to touch on too much because there's probably maybe an episode in the future on the of the end of Washington baseball, like for, until the Nationals came back. Mm-hmm. But regardless, Short demanded uh, $12.4 million for the team he had just bought two years ago <laughs> it's for just 9.8. Like it's it's yeah. worth another, it's worth... Yeah, thirty three percent more. And the Yankees at this time were worth like ten million dollars. Like it was not, it was okay, just so. crazy. Um, so he started being like, "Well, someone's either buying it or I'm moving it," and they they just try and get Washington to buy a, or build a stadium. They, I think this was the anyway. It's a whole thing. He's doing the the thing that yeah we see a lot when a team is uh, yeah yeah. So gonna leave town or whatever's going on. Yeah, but at the same point, he's GM, so he makes a big splash. But it's not really a. It's is once again he he shits the bed. So he trades several key players for Denny McLean of the Detroit Tigers. So uh, this trade would not work out. McLean was a phenom who had put up historic numbers in '68 and '80, but had been suspended most of the 1970s season due to gambling allegations. There's a dollop on that. Listen to that on Denny McLean. Okay. Um, but McLean absolutely sucked balls in 1971. Uh, he lost 22 games, uh, and the Senators lost 96 games. So. Oh, ouch. Yeah. That was the final nail in the coffin for Senators baseball. And here's the thing. Did he fuck up by trading everybody for this star pitcher that didn't work out? Senders broadcaster Shelby Whitfield uh, basically said he thought the trade was made to secure the Tigers' vote in favor of the Senators' eventual move. Mm. I think he's playing politics by... Here, here's a bunch of Here's a bunch of players. Yeah. And the Tigers became good. Like, the Tigers had a great season. Yeah. Um, so... The move to Texas wasn't always clear. It wasn't right. Like, they didn't know necessarily they were going to Arlington. Mm-hmm. Um, but but Shortstack had uh, first wanted to sell uh, for the ridiculous sum that he didn't get. Uh, and then there were a lot of rumors and rumblings about the team moving to Buffalo. Okay. So there was okay. maybe Buffalo in the, in the cards. Everybody kind of thought that was happening. Uh, but then stepped in Arlington Mayor Tom Vandergriff who had also done some dealings with Charles, fin- Charles Finley when he had tried to move the team to his team to Dallas from Kansas back in the mid-60s, and that didn't work out. And never, mm-hmm. He didn't get the votes. He didn't get the votes, right? Okay, right, yeah. So, you know, I'm maybe now I'm in retrospect, Short's probably thinking about that as he's doing his politics and whatnot mm-hmm. to make he's sure. Like, oh, go down to a, this guy that Finley tried to work with. And- yeah. So, well, the, it sounds like... He wanted he wanted a major league club in Dallas, Arlington, wherever the fuck in Dallas, Fort Worth. Mm-hmm. Um, so he offered uh, Lil Bob a stadium and a multi million dollar down payment for the team to come to Arlington. Okay, well, 
Yep. He's giving him what he wants. He was trying to get that from Washington, right? So. Well, he definitely was, and he was being a dick about it. But anyway, so he saw dollar signs. Uh, he asked the American League if he could drag the corpse of the senators to Texas. <laughs> <laughs> well, it sounds like that's what they were doing. They lost 96 games. Yeah. So on September 21st, this is before the end of that 96 game last season. They were still obviously in the basement. Mm-hmm. Um, on September 21st, 1971, Bob Short uh, got his wish, uh, and the American League owners voted 10-2, to 2, allowing the team to move from Washington to Arlington. Washington fans were livid and openly hateful towards Short. Uh, the fans in the stands held signs and banners, including one large banner in the last three-game homestand that said, Short stinks. <laughs> <laughs> So that's what he had to deal with as the GM slash owner slash president slash whatever the fuck. Love he was. the originality. Yeah. Short stinks. Short stinks. I mean, it drives the point home. Yeah. Like, you don't really sucks. need to say more. Yeah. Short sucks. Short stinks. Short. Yeah. I like bad. stinks better. Yeah. For some reason. I say I riff on short a lot here. Yeah. So <laughs> during the final game in Washington, uh, the fans stormed the field uh, with two outs in the top of the ninth, and the Senators were forfeit were first to forced to forfeit their final game. But that story's for another day, as oh, it man. kind of alluded to. So you've met the villain of the story. Yeah. You understand well, Bobby Shortstack here. The man responsible for the Rangers' existence. We've gotten through that. So now's okay. the time to talk about our protagonist. Around the time <laughs> that Short had taken over the Senators, a young man named David Eugene Clyde moved to Texas with his family from Kansas. Mm-hmm. So Clyde was born in 1955 and was the oldest of four brothers and excelled at both football and baseball. Clyde was known as a perfectionist and as a left-handed pitcher, he ripped apart high school hitters like they were freshly smoked pork butt. So just <laughs> absolutely. I like your metaphor. Yeah, I like your simile there. Yeah, I'm going Texas, baby. Yeah. <laughs> smoked pork butt. It's delicious. It is. And it just melts in your hand, just like this guy with high school hitters. <laughs> Um, So Clyde was not just good. He looked like a sure-bet ace, as anyone could have looked at the age of 18. He was compared to the greatest of the great, and since he was left-handed at the time, that was Sandy Koufax, right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So in the fall of 1972, Clyde entered his senior year of high school at Westchester High in Houston. The hype was there for the left-handed pitcher, but few would guess where he would be in less than 12 months. That spring, he went 18-0 with a .18 earn run average and five no-hitters. Holy shit. Yeah, one perfect game in there as well uh, of those no-hitters. Pretty blue-chip prospect. Yeah, yeah. so he also struck out uh, 328 batters in 148 innings. So that's that's, that's over two two batters (laughs) an inning. Jesus Christ. Yeah, over two batters an inning he strikes out in high school. Um, so Clyde finished the season by throwing back-to-back no-hitters in the playoffs, so against the best teams, and mm-hmm. uh, not allowing a run in his final 55-plus innings pitched. Wow. What yeah. a resume. Yeah. So David that, Eugene Clyde. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Never yeah. heard of him. Yeah. So uh, there was, a, there was a, a Philly scout that 
apparently saw him and was like, well, we don't pick first, so I'm fucking leaving. Mm-hmm. No <laughs> sense me being here. Yeah. <laughs> I'm wasting my time on this guy. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Uh, <laughs> Makes so sense. Clyde was a sure bet first rounder and had just uh, 18, uh, had, had turned 18 that spring in 1973. It just so happened that although short had moved the club, to, uh, the Rangers had completely sucked once again in 1972. They went 54 and 100 this time. Oh, man. Even worse. Yeah. Uh, in their first pathetic year of existence. <laughs> Sorry, Rangers fans. So, Andy, attendance was weak, and who could blame the people of Arlington? They literally went 6 and 30 down the stretch. So That's... Yeah. That's fucking brutal. Yeah, you're already a bad team and attendance is waning towards the end of the year and then you, you yeah, just are awful to end the season. Um, so, back to Bob Short. He's not pleased with the numbers and he's not pleased with the attendance and the money and he's just like, oh, fucking stupid. You know, uh, he, he got a my big My plan down really payment. didn't work. Yeah, yeah, once again. my plan Yeah, I was going to say, that's what I mean. Yeah. Um, Moved it to Texas now and still... Failing. Yeah. So the team looks a little bit doomed, but because of all this, Shorty Bob has the first overall pick in the upcoming June 1973 draft. Mm-hmm. So. It's got to be like kind of a new thing at this point too, right? Not terribly. I think it came in in the 60s, like early 60s or, or something like that. That's mm-hmm. how Finley built his system, right? Mm-hmm. Um, okay. Yeah, so... Uh, it's, well, when did Flood do the free agency thing? Was there a draft before then, I guess? Yeah, I think so, but it was different. I mean, uh, we, that's a different story. That's a whole other story. But anyway, it is somewhat, is, but, but it is a big thing. They got the first overall pick in the draft, right? right? right. So they were okay. like... Doesn't matter. At this point in time, they got the first overall pick. So, yeah, so let's carry on. Clyde may have been consensus first overall pick, but he... Well, he might have been the right choice, but let's just say... Robin Yout and Dave Winfield were also drafted in the top five. So. Mm-hmm. Okay. It could be, so it could be argued. Yeah. Is what you're uh, saying. John Stearns, another all-star. He was mm-hmm. in the, so like four, you know, those were, those were four of the top five. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so Bobby Shortstuff saw dollar signs and he knew he could market this homegrown Texas kid to the Texas market. So as we know now, High school pitchers have rarely, if ever, been first overall picks in the draft. So there's just too much risk and too much development time from 18 to the big leagues. Like, right. best you're hoping for is, like, he gets there by 2021, 20, right? Mm-hmm. And, and more likely 22, you know. So, yeah, it's much, it's much more... Long-term. Early, yeah, it's much a longer development time than a positional player. Or a university you know. pitcher. Yeah. Right. So, well, but obviously, yeah, Bob's have more years. Bob's just like fucking cha-ching, though, right? So, Bob's looking at his record and where yeah. he's from and cha-ching, yeah, yeah. So, uh, where am I here? Uh, so the Rangers had started the 1973 season only slightly better than they had ended the 1972 season, so they were 15 and 28 heading into June. On draft night, June 5th, 1983, the Texas Rangers selected David Clyde first overall, and Texas fans were fucking stoked. <laughs> right? Yeah. yeah! Everything's bigger in Texas. <laughs> yeah, like they were, he was the, you knew about him in the state because of the high school yeah, baseball high school coverage pedigree and stuff and, like that. Yeah. yeah. 
he had just pitched two no-hitters to finish the season for the high school baseball championship. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, So Clyde, in retrospect, one day, many years later, uh, would say it was probably the worst ball club I could have signed with. (laughs) Fuck. (laughs) Okay. So, as we spoke about, surely he's minimum two, three years away from being this homegrown ace, right? Mm -hmm. And I honestly... It sucks because I don't know who's to blame, and it sounds like everyone's to blame. So there is some of this is on him, but that's it's it's more on his parents because he's fucking eighteen years old. Um, yeah. Bob Short and David Clyde made a different plan, and once again, I don't know who exactly came up with this idea, but Clyde apparently would only sign if instead of being sent to the minors right away, he would be allowed to start two games for the Rangers. What? Damn that was right. that was Clyde's stipulation. That and his parents apparently like, but I don't know if Short put this in his mind or if, but Short is of course like, oh my, yeah, we're doing that. Of course <laughs> like, we're doing that. It's very like Henry Rowan Gardner or whatever, <laughs> you know. The dude is in high school. Uh, that's what I'm saying. <laughs> I mean, that kid was 13 in Rookie of the Year, but still, it's the same sort of idea. Yeah. So. Anyways, holy fuck! This is put into his agreement. Uh, I have no. There's a few conflicting offers, but um, I don't know who whose idea this was to start. But everyone was on board. Uh, he started doing all he could. Short was like absolutely on board. He started doing everything to convince everybody around the Rangers that this was a good idea, even though the coaching staff was like, "What? What?" <laughs> so. Um, Clyde signed for 150k, and two weeks after his high school graduation, it was announced to everybody that David Clyde would start a game for the Texas Rangers. Oh, well, two man. games. <laughs> I mean, I can kind of see how they're like, "Well, we fucking suck anyway," <laughs> yeah, so exactly. like you know whatever. But like, it's just on the part of of the kid, and like you say, his parents. Like, it's just. It's not smart for the longevity of his career. No. I could think that's maybe what he's talking about when he's like, it was the worst team I could have possibly signed for. Oh, no, it gets worse. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> so, so, so Short immediately is marketing this and being like, the Texas left-handed Sandy Koufax is fucking starting on July 2nd or whatever the hell the date is. Baby Koufax is coming <laughs> yeah, up. Yeah, exactly. So regardless if the request... Uh, by Clyde and his agent was bonkers enough. Can you be- to begin with? Can you blame them? Like demanding the start in the bigs was wild, but it was also just two starts, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. What's not the like worst a big that deal. can happen? Yeah, and it, you know. Yeah, but imagine this happening nowadays. <laughs> no, this would never happen. <laughs> it would never happen. It would never happen. <laughs> it would never be allowed to happen. Yeah, yeah. So this is a, a little bit of a weird quote that I found, but I found some weird sources. Um, but this is from the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette. None of this story takes place in Pittsburgh. But this is a, a, a scout for the Pirates who had been a longtime scout, Howie Hack. Uh, he, he said, in retrospect, of course, he said that, that uh, Clyde should not have been placed no higher than double A. And that they wanted a drawing card, and they got their money back the first night he pitched. <laughs> so, direct quote from Howie Hag, and, you know, that kind of talks to what, like, it's a terrible idea, but Bob Short's like, yeah! Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, 
Short knew uh, he had a cash cow and he was excited. And he may have been a little too excited. Uh, there's a fantastic book called The Seasons in Hell uh, by Mike Shropshire, which just talks about these first three ranger seasons and how awful they were. <laughs> so I read some of that book for this. Uh, so so this is what he had to say uh, that, that Short told uh, Mike Shropshire uh, about Clyde before they went to meet him. He's a gift from God. I mean, beyond what baseball scouts say, photogenic, mature, articulate, and natural for the media. I mean, he's like a fucking Eagle Scout. <laughs> he's, he's so good looking. Can he pitch? I don't know, but goddamn. Yeah, that's a real goddamn he's short a model. <laughs> I'm so, going to put him on the cover of all my programs. Yeah. It's going to be a, a series of one through six collect programs, one through six of. of David Clyde. <laughs> we got calendars. Yeah, we, we got, got David Clyde calendars. Trust me, there's some horny <laughs> stuff about to happen. But on the other side, but so Mike Shropshire goes and meets Clyde, and Clyde's smoking a cigarette. <laughs> He's like, hey, man. So, so that took a little bit of that Boy Scout mentality. But either way, they met, uh, and, and they showed the reporters how good he was. Uh, so the Rangers manager at this point is Whitey Herzog. Uh, he was the manager's manager and uh, was quite concerned for Clyde's well-being. <laughs> he okay. was like, we got an 18-year-old coming on the team, boys. Um, but he threw live BP in Minnesota. Uh, he met the team in Minnesota. They were up in Minnesota. Mm -hmm. I said that three times. Uh, and and Kurzig was like, oh, wow, this kid is really fucking good. So maybe he won't die. Like, maybe maybe he won't get shelled in these, these first maybe two Maybe he'll be different. Maybe he'll be different. Maybe yeah. he's the one. Maybe. Maybe he's the savior. <laughs> yeah. Um, so Jim Merritt uh, was handpicked to be Clyde's roommate on the road. He was a veteran pitcher, and he would watch out for the youngster, although Merritt was known to throw back a few himself. Uh, mm -hmm. The team traveled to Kansas City and then back home to play the Twins at home this time, and Clyde would make his start on Wednesday. Side note, getting back to that horny stuff, Tuesday night was hot pants <laughs> night as the team had a contest for the best ass in North Texas. Oh my god. <laughs> Only women were allowed to enter this, which uh, is really... That's unfair. That is terribly unfair. <laughs> that is, excludes half the population. Are you yeah. fucking kidding me, uh, Rangers? You won't? Anyways. Um, <laughs> you know the best ass is not a man. <laughs> What? How do you know the best ass is oh, not a man? You said, I thought you said you know. I was like, all right. I wanna, we'll dig into this later. <laughs> um, um, so even with the horny promotion on Tuesday night, the only thing anyone could talk about was Clyde, obviously. Right. Um, so the stadium filled early on the Wednesday, and thousands of people squeezed in just to watch Clyde do his pregame warm-ups. Mm -hmm. um, so there's hype. Yeah, Herzog's a got like some like Chris Bryant hype. Yeah, I remember that was like kind of the last time a yeah a number one prospect coming up was like a big yeah with Strasburg Bryant. Mm -hmm. uh, I guess Tatis. Anyways, yeah, so sort of. no, we shouldn't talk about anyway, him right now. We're digressing. Uh, anyway, so so Herzog was a wreck, and and he found Mike Shropshire. Uh, pacing around in the tunnel, or Shropshire found him pacing around in the tunnel, I should have said. Right. Uh, so this is his direct quote from right before that. This is a hell of a thing to ask an 18-year-old kid. <laughs> that's what Herzog said? <laughs> yeah, it's a hell of a thing to ask of an 18-year-old kid. But that's the way they said they wanted it. The kid, the parents, Bob Short, <laughs> Herzog, then walked away out to the awaiting crowd and told them, 
that Clyde would be out soon, and that he had told him to have a few beers to smooth out. <laughs> so I don't know if he's joking there. He might be yeah. joking, but maybe he's yeah, not. It's 1973. It seems, yeah. <laughs> seems like he probably is joking, but but yeah. Yeah. It's just a funny, like, thing to picture is Whitey Herzog just, like, stressing out about... He, he, he's the only one that knows better. Yeah, but then he walks out to the big crowd and he's like, Oh, he's coming, guys. Don't worry, he's having a couple beers. <laughs> <laughs> well, what's he going to do, really? Yeah, exactly. You know. So, in the locker room, Clyde received a telegram. It said, Go get him, number 32. And it was signed by Sandy Koufax. <laughs> So, signed your dad, Sandy <laughs> Kovac. Well, David was also wearing 32, right? So yeah. it's a whole like left-handed pitcher thing. Um, so the stadium was packed, and in fact, the game was slightly delayed due to the amount of traffic making its way to the stadium and everything getting pushed back a little bit. Uh, Clyde finally took the mound to great applause, and he threw his first MLB pitch to Jerry Terrell. And it was mm-hmm. a ball. Okay. And he... Threw three more balls after that. So Jerry <laughs> okay. walked to first. So his, his, his control is not there. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So the next batter, he throws a strike. Then right, he right walks on. him on five pitches. So. Okay. Two guys on base. Uh, Whitey Herzog's probably, if he doesn't smoke, taking up smoking at this point in <laughs> yeah. the Rangers dugout, wanting to murder Bob Short and this kid's parents. Um, so that's true. I never really thought of that aspect. I guess I should have considered that. Yeah. But yeah, now he's like, yeah, you're giving me this kid that's probably gonna get fucking lit up. It's gonna make me look like an asshole. Well, and he's got to deal with it, right? Yeah, that's the anyways. Yeah. Um, <laughs> got to manage himself out of a hole every yeah. time this kid starts. So obviously the adrenaline was running high, and it looked like the situation might be a little bit too overwhelming for the teenager. But then Clyde turned the switch. And even though his command was raw, he set up, he set down the rest of the twins that inning on strikes. Mm. Okay. So two walks, then strikes out the side. Okay. Nicely done, kid. Yep. So everyone's like, wow! <laughs> it's I crazy. knew it! I, I knew, knew it was amazing! Yeah! It's just... Texas! Yes. Yeah. But he threw a lot of pitches that inning. He threw like 25... 27 pitches, something like that. I don't know. Um, He threw a lot of pitches. So he gets a huge ovation. He comes back out for the second. Of course, the Rangers probably, whatever. They're probably, he's probably allowed to throw like 400 pitches at this time. Oh, probably. (laughs) He did pitch like, what did I say, like 142 innings in high school that year? Yeah. Yeah. That's quite a bit. (laughs) Yeah. So uh, in the second, Clyde gives up a two-run home run. He, he walked the guy to get on base, and then he gives up a two-run home run. It sounded like it was other way, and it like just squeaked down the, down the foul pole. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, uh, but despite the dinger and the walks, Clyde actually pitched fairly well. Well enough to get the win, in fact, as the Rangers prevailed 4-3, to three, with Clyde pitching five innings, giving up two runs, walking seven, but striking out eight. <laughs> what a line. The home run? Was the only hit he gave up. Holy fuck. Yep. So they're probably, they're loving this guy in Texas now. Oh my God. But remember, he's only starting two games. Right. They probably want him to start four games now. Well. (sighs) (sighs) I think it sounds like that's going to happen. Oh man. Um, So Clyde (laughs) was the toast of the town and his next scheduled start was July 2nd against the White Sox. Well, they're not spacing them out. Well, it's, it's five days later. 
or six days later, five or six, whatever. He's he's regular in the either. No, that's what I mean. Game. Like yeah. he's just like thrown into the rotation for yeah. two starts, and then they're gonna take him out again. I've, yeah, I figured maybe they'd like give him two spot starts. Well, he had it had to be at home. I guess so. Yeah. It had no, it had to be at home. If you're Bob Short, you just no, I realize that, but you could easily. You could pick two spot starts a lot easier than you could do it in the rotation. Well, either way. Anyway, and once again, out. Whitey Herzog's getting fucked here. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> we need a guy to just start two games in the middle of the season, five games apart. They have to be at home. Anyways, bye, Whitey. <laughs> yeah, here he is. Uh, so, anyways. Uh, you can't drink. Damn it. <laughs> um, so, once again, uh, uh, the stadium was packed. And once again, David Clyde had a good start. Clyde pitched six innings, striking out six, and only allowed two walks this time. Uh, Nice. He did allow uh, three runs on four hits, but only one was earned. So, really, six innings pitched, one earned run. It's pretty good. Six strikeouts, only two walks this time. So, the walks, you know, maybe it was just adrenaline of the first game. Mm -hmm. Um, But that's pretty good. He's pretty fucking good. So, they lost, but they had had the lead four to three when Clyde had left the mound after the six. Uh, and a lot of the White Sox were impressed. So at first, I, I think the Twins were a little bit more like grumbly and being like, well, whatever, he's not that good. And mm-hmm. fucking the White Sox were like, oh, he's pretty good. He's got some stuff there. Yeah, he's yeah. got some stuff. So uh, in his two starts, he'd only allowed three earned runs in 11 innings pitched uh, while striking out 14. So it's a pretty good debut. Yeah. 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 Very small sample size, but. Yeah, so it'd be absolutely crazy for them to just be like, well. He's in the major leagues now, right? Oh, it was absolutely crazy for them to bring him up to the major leagues in the first place, Sean. So I'm pretty sure that you're alluding to the fact that he's just going to be in the rotation now. And Whitey Herzog is probably very confused. Yes. Enzi, you read my mind. That's exactly what happened. So instead of Bob Short shaking Clyde's hand saying, great work, kid, and handing him a train ticket to the minors. Yeah, we'll see you next year. Uh... See it's spring training. Yeah, Bobby Smalls was making bank, and Clyde pitched. <laughs> making bank overtime. Clyde pitched every time. Clyde pitched. Sorry, mm. bad at writing. Yeah, uh, Clyde had <laughs> Clyde had pitched well. So who cares what managers and scouts say? You're making money. He's just fine. He's pitching great. So Rangers manager Herzog objected, but was overruled, and would later go on to call it one of the worst things I've seen in baseball. <laughs> <laughs> so, well, I guess I'll wait and find out, but it sounds like the next starts aren't going to go so well. Well, you'll see. Um, Short made the decision to keep Clyde in the majors and uh, and start five days later in Milwaukee. Immediately, Short Stuff Bob looked like an idiot, and Clyde would lose his next three games and got shit-kicked by the Brewers, allowing eight hits uh, and three runs and, or three walks and one hit batter in just four and two-thirds innings pitched. So, not great. No. Uh, didn't turn out so good that time. Yeah, but his next start, Fenway Park, and he kind of straightens the ship. He, 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 whatever, straightens the ship. That's not how it goes. But either way, he levels this. The, Writes the ship? Uh, yeah, there. that's the one. Uh, <laughs> so, <laughs> uh, so, yeah, even even the likes of, of Carl Yaskremski after the Boston appearance, where, where uh, he pitched really well, even though the team lost once again. Uh, mm-hmm. Uh, Carl Yaskamsi got struck out, and he was like, Clyde through as well as any pitcher I've faced in my career. So this kid's getting some accolades. 
he's not refined and he's like a little inconsistent with the walks and stuff, but no, uh, but he's got the stuff that's clearly yeah, in, you know, like you say, getting some solid reviews from some of the best of all time. Yeah. So as the season progressed, though, his inconsistencies begin to get magnified, mm-hmm. and not only that, but he's an eighteen-year-old kid in like a man's workplace. You know, yeah. He's playing with guys in their thirties and maybe guys maybe in their forties at this point. Yeah, Yeah. lots of guys in their mid twenties at this point on the Rangers because they're a shit team and they're pretty young. Um, But you know, it's still you know you just graduated high school a month ago and you're you know all of a sudden on a big league roster. Yeah, that's pretty traveling the country. Yeah, yeah, living on the road. And once again. He didn't ask. For, he asked for two starts. <laughs> right. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Yeah. I'm sure he, he was. For, I'm sure he was ecstatic when they told true. him he was staying. But true. like, he's an 18 year old idiot. Mm-hmm. We were. <laughs> he doesn't know anything. If you got an invite to major league camp at 18 years old, you'd be like, yeah, let's go. I'd be like, oh, you guys have made a big mistake. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm fucking doing this. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's dumb. But I don't see the consequences of this ever <laughs> happening. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so anyways um it's true yeah so Clyde pitched well uh at the end of July uh in back-to-back starts to bring his ERA to a next nice 3.31 before his numbers and walks began to creep upwards in August and September by the end of August his ERA is in the fours now so it goes from the threes so he's a really good first month while the league gets a first look at him mm-hmm. and it goes up to the fours and then by the end of the year in 93 and one-third innings pitched, Clyde finished the year with a 5.10, or er, 0.1 ERA. Okay, so. Not great. No. And obviously, like you say, if he started out so great, and he eventually got that high. Yeah, it just went. The rest of it was just. It not was great. Going, it was falling off a cliff. Yeah. Really and, quickly. Well, and the Rangers, of course, lost 105 games as well. Holy fuck. Once again. keep getting worse. Yeah, and that's why it's called Seasons of Hell. (laughs) (laughs) Or From Hell, whatever it is. You're Um, playing in that hot-ass stadium with no coverage, just a fucking frying pan out there. Oh, my God. So... Gotta feel for Rangers fans in that regard. So, this is also bad. Well, at least for Clyde. Right? In the end, it's actually kind of good, but... Meh. Anyway, so Herzog (laughs) is fired, and Herzog was the guy that really cared for Clyde and you know, gave a shit and was like, this is fucked up, man. Like, mm-hmm, I'll mm-hmm. do my best for you. I promise. Like, don't just go out there, kid. That's, that guy's crazy. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> You should be in single A. <laughs> yeah. yeah. You need to develop. They're going to ruin you. He just sees dollar signs. Yeah. So, anyways, um, Herzog gets fired. Uh, and they bring in a 45-year-old Billy Martin. <laughs> oh, no. Once again, listen to the doll. Um, yeah. So David Clyde uh, would go on to say that Martin had it out for him and hindered his development even more, saying that Martin didn't like young players or star pitchers. So if you don't know who Billy Martin is, he's a bit of a guy. He came up and he was a, a little bit of a, you know, like a... a crazy man? Well, a crazy man, <laughs> but he played the game hard. He wasn't the most oh, talented yeah. guy. Yeah. Right? He was kind of the underdog kind of guy. And it sounds like he had this mentality... He's like, oh, you're fucking first overall? Who gives a fuck? Why are you here? <laughs> so yeah. Clyde's like, well, Get can you chi- teach me how to pitch better? And he's like, get the fuck out of my office. <laughs> you're number one. You're supposed to be the best. I ain't teaching you shit, yeah. young buck. Okay. Yeah. Billy Martin you. didn't say that to him. Yeah. But anyways, 
That's <laughs> yeah. maybe he did. Who knows? <laughs> it's like could have happened. Uh, so David Clyde uh, would go on to say Martin uh, hindered his development. In truth, Billy, just like many managers, didn't think Clyde should be on the big league team. <laughs> so he's probably right. Yeah, and coming out of spring training in 1974, he was like, "So we're sending him down," mm-hmm. and. And no. short shortcakes there short was cakes. like it's like no man no absolutely not so it, and and to <laughs> it's make my cash cow yeah he wants he wants the kid pitching so to put this in his perspective in 1973 uh, Clyde's first year an average of eighteen thousand fans paid to see the Rangers when Clyde pitched on other nights there was an average of seventy five hundred oh damn so. That's a big bump for one guy. Exactly. So even when he sucked towards the end of the year, everybody was traveling to see him, and and the games would be Probably sold had out. Tickets from way yeah from way ahead of time. <laughs> <laughs> He's not that good, or like I mean, he could be, but what is he doing? Anyways, so funny enough. Uh, well, we bought these tickets back in April, so yeah, we're still going. So funny enough, Short wasn't even GM anymore. He had hired Brad Corbett who also wanted Clyde nowhere near the Major League roster, but was overruled and eventually quit in disgust. And once again, he doesn't quit over this. He, he quits eventually in disgust with Bob Short. Mm-hmm. Just not not over Sounds this. Sounds like but. that happened a lot back in the day. A lot oh, of executives yeah. left when their owners were too overbearing. Yep. Um, so Clyde started out well in 1974, uh, but after a rough first outing. Uh, but after that, he threw three complete games in his first six starts and had a nice ERA of 2.43 and a tidy 3-0 record after his start on May 15th. So he starts the season pretty darn good, and everyone's like, all right, we're good here. Uh, <laughs> after that... We've righted the ship. Yes. <laughs> forget who said that but yeah <laughs> uh, anyways after that uh, things began to began to spiral uh and after an absolute disastrous start on july 15th uh clyde began to sometimes pitch out of the bullpen by the middle of august he was pretty much permanently in the pen and the number one pick and basic savior of baseball in texas or texas rangers baseball david clyde would only start three more games for the rangers Okay. So, in the bullpen, Clyde would accuse Martin of not letting him warm up enough and losing his repertoire because of, you know, having to be a bullpen guy and mm-hmm. not throwing your curve and your second... Anyway, so... Yeah. Uh, so, Clyde was also pretty down in the dumps, and he's associating with a few of the guys in the Rangers clubhouse. And the Rangers sucked, and they had a really, you know, they had a reputation of being shitty drinkers and smokers and stuff. So... Clyde's 19, he starts, you know, hanging out with some of the shitty people. Yeah, yeah. So he's like, yeah, but he's also a struggling 19-year-old. And in the eyes of many, a 19-year-old kid going out and getting shattered and nearly missing team flights while struggling on the field was, yeah, wasn't a good look. It was a little frowned upon, is yeah. that what you're saying? Once again, Billy Martin probably was like, what the fuck? Billy Martin was probably like, that's my boy. Yeah, no, probably. Yeah, you're <laughs> absolutely right. Well, you're hungover? <laughs> Let me tell you. He, he, was, he was doing all that to try and impress his manager. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> okay, well, in all seriousness, Clyde would go on to reflect on his struggles on the field and with alcohol off the field and say that 1974 was the lowest point in his life. Okay. Yeah, so Clyde... Reflective on that and... Yeah, remember... Improved. Okay. Yeah, well, remember when I said he started the year 3-0? and 
Mm-hmm. And this is when wins mattered. Uh, he finished the year three and nine. Oh man. Yeah. Okay. So he actually had a respectable like four point three eight ERA over one seventeen innings pitch, but he his strikeouts dropped dramatically to fifty two Ks in one hundred and seventy seventeen innings. Mm, wow. Yeah, he's not even twenty. So by twenty, two uh, years later. Yeah, he had gone from an eighteen year old phenom to not sure if he was making the Rangers team in nineteen seventy five, not just because he was twenty, but on merit. Yeah. Right. So a team Martin had turned around. They had actually won 84 games in 74. Mm, nice. Yeah. Um, Winning record. Yeah. First time, I guess. Yeah. But David thought Martin had it out for him, and Martin wasn't going anywhere. Once again, he just had a winning season. So mm-hmm. He was like, yay. So this time, Martin got his wish, and at 20 years old, finally, David Clyde was sent to the minors. <laughs> Uh, it's just, it's a sad, sad situation. Uh, yeah. And they just put him there in the first place. Yeah. By this point, he'd probably be ready to come up. It's, and it would probably be amazing. It's backwards. Yeah. It's, it's absolutely ass, backwards. Yeah, it's ass backwards. Yeah, so, uh, there he stayed. Clyde went to double A and put up decent numbers. Uh, he got one last swan song with the home fans in Arlington as he made one last start for the Rangers, uh, as a September call-up. Pitching seven innings and giving up two earned runs to the California Angels. The Rangers would lose the game three to two. (laughs) (laughs) Clyde's career in Arlington was over. The next year, Martin was fired, but Clyde was still sent to AAA. After just 27 innings pitch, he went down with arm trouble and was forced to have season-ending surgery. Clyde returned to the Hill in 77 in AAA, but was not the same putting up poor numbers over 128 innings pitched. But Clyde was still young. He was just 22. Mm-hmm. 22! Yeah. Um, so Cleveland swooped in and took a shot at the former first overall pick. Uh, in 1978, so Cleveland trades for him. Uh, mm-hmm. In 1978, Clyde made his return to the big leagues at 23 years old and did exactly pretty much okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> he did all right. He did all right. So he started out in the pen, uh, but he moved to the rotation and won his first three games, pitching two complete games. Uh, okay. Yeah. That's all right. So once again, great start. He puts up a one point. Whoop, lost my spot. He puts up a one point three six ERA in the month of April, uh, but success would not last, and Clyde faded as the year progressed. But I would say he did okay. He finished with an eight and eleven record, with a four point two eight ERA, over one hundred and fifty three and a third innings pitched. Mm-hmm. So not. Terrible, but, but Cleveland, not good. Cleveland probably wasn't a great, great team at the time, so that's why they were taking a shot at David <laughs> Clyde. Say, yeah, yeah. <laughs> right? Yeah. So that's how he got there. So Clyde looked like he had at least a rotation spot for '79, mm-hmm. uh, but injuries pushed his season start back into June, and his arm would only last this time until mid-August. Clyde ended his. Ended the year throwing just 45 innings and put up an ERA of nearly six. Ooh. So he, he's hurt, and he comes up in June, and in mid-August he goes down for the rest of the year. So the dream was fading. It's clear that he's having arm problems now, right? Mm-hmm. So at this point, one thing I can't, I never, like, conv- got in writing, but there was a, uh, I watched some YouTube videos on David Clyde because it happened so recently. And and one of his pitching coaches did talk about maybe he had lost miles an hour, mm-hmm. even when he was pitching for Billy Martin in Texas. Yeah. So 
think again once the strain you put on somebody's arm by at 18 being like just go pitch 100 innings in the major leagues yeah just go out there throw your curveball out there as much as you can <laughs> well as i say it you have to be overextending yourself and and you know anyways it is it's a it's a coach's nightmare <laughs> so uh the dream was fading for the youngster once again he's super young he's like 24 25 at this point yeah and it couldn't have come at a worse time. In January of 1980, Clyde was traded back to the Rangers, and Clyde maintains that he hurt his arm the second week of spring training. But the Rangers claimed that he was damaged goods from Cleveland, and Clyde was released. Oh. So the Rangers were like, fuck this guy. We don't, we're not paying for his rehab. You guys sent him to us hurt. So, and it's not just some guy yeah. that they just picked up. It's, it's not. Yeah. <laughs> He's fucking, he was, anyways, uh, like yeah. seven years earlier, he was the yeah, face he, of your franchise. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you, you ruined his career. Yeah, and now you won't pay for it. <laughs> yeah. It's worse. It's worse, Edzy. Yeah. So. It's terrible. It's worse. So David Clyde was 27 days short of earning an MLB pension. Oh, no. 27 days of if they had put him on the IL for a month to start the season. Yeah. And kept him on. He would have been able to collect. Yeah. For the oh. rest of his life, like 5,000 a month. Yeah. Fuck. This guy like ruined his arm for the Texas Rangers. And they were like, they wouldn't throw him Fuck this you. Oh, man. That's <laughs> fucking brutal. Yeah. Oh, my God. <laughs> his former manager, Whitey Herzog, uh, would, would say, uh, the Texas Ranger. He said it to Clyde. It was really emotional. You should watch it on YouTube. The Texas Rangers owe you those 27 days. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, of course they did. Yeah. So anyways. Um, so what, that, good for Whitey Herzog for like, y- you know, years later, like still like standing by that. Uh, yeah. That principle. So, I mean, Clyde gets a small victory. He gets a small victory. He takes from the arbitration and like tries to get them in there. Like and in the end, he ends up getting half his salary for the year. But that's still mm-hmm. no playing time and no pension, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. So he's hurt for 80. Uh, in 1981, he catches on as a 26-year-old with the Astros minor league system, but it just it never works out. His yeah. arm's fucked. Yeah. Uh, so the kid, who was supposed to be the next Sandy Koufax, retired from baseball at 26 with a 13 or sorry, a 18 and 33 record, and a 0.6 wins above. Wins above replacement. I'm like, what? Mm-hmm. <laughs> what is that? I'm like, what is that weird stat I put down? <laughs> um, uh, to his once illustrious name, uh, David Clyde saved the Rangers, but sacrificed his own career. Uh, so, Bummer. And a little retrospective. So teams have really strayed from picking a high school pitcher first overall. And you can see why with David Clyde. Not just because they fucked up. But you want to hear the other two first overall picks that were high schoolers? One of which has his own episode? Sure. One's Clayton Kershaw, isn't it? No. No? He, that was college. He oh, was a guy. Oh, okay. I'm talking high school pitchers, not not just okay. pitchers. Okay. I, so, thought he was, I thought he was a high school pitcher. No, no, no. So the, well, he might wrong. have been second or third. Anyways, right. the three only ones are David Clyde, Brian Taylor, and Brady Aiken. Oh, right. Brian Taylor. <laughs> yeah. 
So, and so Brady don't Aiken. Don't do it. <laughs> Brady Aiken <laughs> yeah. never made it to the big leagues. Okay. Never made it past maybe, double A. Is that an episode? Maybe that's, maybe a, that's an, episode. an episode. Um, so those are the th- only three that have had the honor, and David Clyde's the only one that actually pitched in the big leagues. <laughs> and oh, he got fuck. fucking screwed. Wow. Uh, so don't take a high school pitcher, number one. That's like the, the question any yeah. MLB executive oh, okay. is going to get asked. Um, so anyways, uh, the Texas Ra- Rangers, to our chagrin, still exist to this day. Uh, <laughs> but there is a chance that if not for the 18-year-old arm of David Eugene Clyde, we would not be booing the Rangers today and have an irrational hate of some other team for petty reasons instead. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. It yeah. could be anybody. Yeah, it could be anybody. Yeah. Uh, so to this day, David Clyde is alive and living somewhere. Who knows? Whatever. If you're listening, David, all the best. Uh, and is still seen as the poster boy of baseball teams screwing up a prospect's potential. Mm. As for how the Rangers and Short handled David Clyde, Tom Green... Tom Grieve, sorry, not Tom Green, uh, his teammate. I was going to say. <laughs> Tom Green summed it up for us real good. We're a Canadian podcast. Uh, so Tom Grieve, uh, his former teammate uh, with the Rangers, summed it up. It was obvious to us that the only reason this was happening is that it was putting money into the bank account of Bob Short. Which is something we've learned on this podcast is like a lot of things fall by the wayside in order to put money in the pockets of an owner. Yep. (laughs) And here's another example. Yep. And that's the story (laughs) of David Clyde and the Texas Rangers. Uh, so yeah, that's a, it was it was good. There's a lot of YouTube content out there. There's, there's a lot of, uh, you know, uh, newspaper articles and stuff on it there's no saber on him yet somebody's been assigned that saber get uh-huh. on your shit mm-hmm. <laughs> sorry yeah. <laughs> that's mean uh, yeah why are you being so aggressive no, I don't know. Anyway, you're just upset because that was a bummer story of like somebody like you said it was like the prospect's uh, potential gets messed up by a team owner that you know even listen against against the advice of that his own people that he's hired is just like, nope, nope. Everyone's going to come and watch this kid pitch. So I'm going to yeah. put, uh, put team. him out there and put the money in uh, my own pocket. But I, like the worst part is not even that, you know, that the worst part is that they fucked him on the, on the oh. pension. Oh, like the that's pension. the part that gets me the most. Oh, that, you know? that's the most infuriating you know? part of all of this. Yeah. The pension not, is, oh man. Yeah. Not only did they fuck up his development by just bringing him up too early and, you know, not saying no son, like it's mm-hmm. not a good idea for you to start two games. <laughs> never <laughs> mind. Alone. It's a good idea for you to start several games for the rest two of the seasons. year. Two seasons worth. <laughs> but yeah, like, you know, just screwing up his development and then just pushing him too hard to the point where, you know, he can't, you know, he blows his arm out before he can develop enough to stay in and get a fucking pension for the rest of his life. That sucks. Yeah. Well, I mean, you know, it's all hindsight at this point, but so many people were just like this dude, if he had just gone to the minors for two to three years, would have probably been in the big leagues for 15 years. Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. instead, he had to, and not only was he pitching in the big league, he was pitching a sellout every night, right? Yeah. Like you're not, it's not a regular thing. That's not a, even, even when you're, you're a big time prospect coming up at a regular rate <laughs> of development, you don't, you don't, you're not the guy that's like, your owner's like, well, 
if I send you down, the team's done. <laughs> you know, it's, yeah, it's yeah, you literally... shouldn't have to be that guy at that yeah, point. Yeah, it's fucked up to put it on a teenager. Yeah, imagine That's... imagine that was what was. Imagine the onus was being put on you when yeah. you, you were at the age when you were pitching for King City Baseball. No, no, it's fucked up. <laughs> Oh, well, anyways, until next time, uh, we got another one coming for you in a few weeks. It's uh, uh, it's probably uh, September, maybe. I don't know. Yeah, it's September when this comes out. So happy yeah. September playoffs, baby. Anyways, yeah. follow us on Twitter at Doing Baseball. And uh, on Instagram at Doing.Baseball. And at our personal Twitters, I'm at Ed's Do Baseball. I'm at Sean Do Baseball. And uh, thanks for listening to us on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. Give us a rating or review if you can. We'd appreciate it very much. And, of course, thanks for listening. Till next time, I'm Sean. And I'm Eds. And we were bringing you the baseball history. Okay, bye. Bye.